If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, turn the game again. Everybody's gonna lose and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. This is my lucky day. Hey there, sweet Jeebus, Noldenine. It's time once again for Get Rich Quick with Josh and... No! We're here today <laughs> to rock your socks off with some great ideas to get you rich quickly. Yes. Um, yeah. We, we were joking around before we started uh, with Radio Voice. I had actually gotten a note from a, a, a friend slash listener who felt that uh, we needed to pump up the energy in, in the beginning <laughs> after the, the energy of that intro that he felt it was a letdown. So uh, maybe maybe the opening will be that. Okay, and then well, it'll just be a letdown right after. And then it's a letdown. Either way, <laughs> there's going to be a letdown, guys. There's going to so. be a letdown. We're here to let you down. Yeah. Um, how are you, Noel? Yeah, I'm pretty good. That's good. Yeah. We've got a jam-packed full show today. We do. I, I sh- think this is a good one. <clears throat> I think so, too. Mm-hmm. But we won't know till we do it. Because, uh, you know, as you guys may know, Noel and I don't uh, we don't meet beforehand. Nope. We don't talk about, uh, really talk about it all, other than knowing what the topic is, yep. what we're going to be discussing today. So we both think we have some good stuff today. I think I do. Um, I think I do. Yeah, so basically, what we're, <laughs> what I'm trying to say... Is if this isn't your favorite show you've ever heard, it's because Josh just had boiled <laughs> garbage for all his stuff. Because <laughs> my stuff's solid. <laughs> yep, there we go. I'm willing to take the heat on that one for you, Noel. <laughs> okay. I'm ready to take the heat for you. So uh, let's get into it. Brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. We are Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel. And the topic today, Noel, is... Urban farming. Perfect for Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, the hotbed of urban farming It really is. It yeah. is the hotbed Globally, basically. Mm-hmm. Although Detroit, you know, I got to say Detroit's becoming quite a hotbed. Okay. From what I saw, uh, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. Queens, Chicago. Really? Yeah. That's the, interesting. The world's biggest uh, rooftop farm is in Chicago. Is it really? Yes, it is. Where is it? It is, uh, I think it was in Pilsen, which is a little bit south of downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just on a giant warehouse? Yeah. Yeah, it's is huge. The wa- is the warehouse abandoned, or is it actually a functioning warehouse? It, I believe, is functioning, yeah. Oh, so they... it's kind of down, uh, that would be like kind of around Taylor Street, kind of down towards the uh, old stockyards. Uh-huh. That means nothing to me. All right. <laughs> but for our Chicago listeners, you know exactly where that is now. Yes, you do. Um, you know, there's the Brooklyn Grange in the Old Navy Yard. Yes. Which is a big one here. Huge, in the, yeah. One of the first ones, actually. Yeah. One of the first real rooftop ones. You can actually do a wedding up there. Yep. They've marketed the hell out of that. Yes, thing. they have. It's really quite impressive. You can do a wedding for 150 people where the the people stand in between the rows and watch you get married as the sun sets. Yep. Over the, is it the East River or is it the Bay? Over at the Navy Yard. Uh, yeah. That's the East River. Is it the East River? Yeah. Maybe, is it, or is it the Gowanus? I think it's the East River. Okay, sure, the East <laughs> River. Why not? Um, <clears throat> but, uh, uh, and they do classes, and they grow, yeah. and they sell, yeah. and uh, they're clearly a money-making operation to some degree, although I'm sure they're filed as a nonprofit because a lot of these urban farms are. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? I have to say, a lot of the times when we have topics, we have to fight to find a way in 
because they're so established. This one, there's so many. It, it, it's so untapped. There's so much, so many ways to make money, and to get money mm-hmm. to 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 start. Yeah, that's the incredible thing that that. This is one of the few that we've done where I've also been sort of like, oh, this is kind of a good thing. Oh yeah, it right? really is. I mean, it it you know they it does a lot of good for the communities that it's in. I mean, the Red Hook one, which has been there forever, yep, uh, really serves a community, a very underserved community as far as like you know it's one of those places. What do they call them that they're uh, they're like supermarket starved or food starved communities where yeah they're, they're food deserts i think right they're called. food deserts yeah. exactly where there are no uh there's no place there's bodegas there's small markets where you can maybe get cold cuts mm-hmm. even some meats uh canned goods sweets anything pre-packaged but you can't get fresh vegetables and things like that and places like the red hook community gardens services that area and you know they sell a ton of vegetables yeah to people and they also teach kids about farming who've never been you know, never been to the country before in their life. And, you know, it's a, it's a good thing. There's lots of good things about urban farming. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, so <clears throat> in, when I was looking at things, I saw there's three major uh, rooftop farms in New York City. Uh-huh. Um, I looked at New York State only, I looked at, mm-hmm. uh, to try and get money for it. Mm-hmm. So... Three major farms. New York State has five major urban farm grants that you can get. Mm-hmm. So there's more grants out there just from the state, right? Than there are farms. You can go to the New York City EPA mm-hmm. and you can download an entire worksheet to put together your business plan. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because the uh, so if you wanted to open an urban farm, mm-hmm. you can get money from the from the state. Probably from the Fed, Mm -hmm. definitely from the city, Mm -hmm. just because you're opening a farm. Right. Then the building that you're on, they get money as well. Oh. And you also, both of you, can get money because environmentally, it uh, is very good for the city. Mm -hmm. Uh, A black top of a roof can raise... The temperature around there by up to ninety degrees above the above the air temperature. Oh, really? So it's a major heating thing. Uh-huh. So you cover that up, and the building saves a lot of money. Right. And you can get money to help with that. Uh huh. Um, it also helps with flooding issues too. Yep. Because during heavy rainstorms, things like that, it it uses all that water. All that water gets used. Yep. Um, my whole thing with with urban gardens and I, and like urban farming in general, and particularly the rooftop stuff, yeah, is I always wonder like how much weight can those roofs hold? Yeah, I don't know because and and what's the drainage situation like? Because to me, you're laying sod is heavy, man. You know what I mean? Like a, a cubic meter of of sod weighs like thirty forty pounds. When you're laying enough. That you can grow rows of vegetables up there, like, and then the weight of the plants themselves. Although a lot of them, I think, are growing lettuces, microgreens, things like that. It's yeah. not like crazy stuff. But I always wonder, just like you know, underneath it all, if there's all this rot going on, and at some point that whole farm is going to collapse 
into the apartment below it. <laughs> well, maybe. You know, I guess we'll see in a few years. But until then, uh-huh. it's payday, payday, it's payday, payday. Making that money. Yeah. Uh, they also had, I saw, everyone I looked at had, as you said, they have educational things. Mm-hmm. All of them were tied in with schools mm-hmm. uh, to educate about urban farming and about farming in general. Mm-hmm. So you're getting money there. Right. Uh and there's all most of it is government money we're looking at. Yeah. A lot of grant money. A lot of grant money. Mm-hmm. Um if you are uh it's a little bit of a different thing, but if you wanted to make a clam or oyster farm off the coast of New York or New Jersey. I totally forgot about those. Yeah. They are now getting subsidies to uh help they help absorb a storm surge for right. a hurricane. Uh-huh. They also clean the waterways. And they clean the waterways. Come on. You know, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but New York City in the olden days was oysters. Yeah. The streets were littered with oyster shells, all coming from <coughs> lower Manhattan <coughs> and where uh the delta there is of of the Hudson meeting the east going into the ocean. That was full of oysters and then through all the pollution they Obviously, all died off. They yeah. couldn't handle it. But they're all coming back now. There are oysters back in the bay there, and there are shrimp too. Oh, really? Yeah. Which, which that was a, all good signs for the cleanliness of the waterways around New York State. I still don't think you should eat any of them. I still think they're they're full of uh, heavy metals and stuff like that. Yeah. Probably. But <laughs> I mean, just you know, I mean, you can, I guess, there is a limit to the amount of fish you can eat. Yeah. That you fish out of the Hudson. Yeah. So uh, personally, I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That uh, you know, as I said, there's a lot of access there to is. opening urban farms, <clears throat> to money to do it. Mm-hmm. Or they even one of the things I saw suggested you can kickstart uh, your urban farm, and they suggested doing it. And uh, you know, like the co-ops that buy food, right? People pay for that months in advance, <clears throat> and so they will give you your money before you give them their food. Right. So yeah, there's yeah, all yeah. sorts of ways. So if you want to open an urban farm, mm-hmm. uh, unless you're going to go into the, exactly how to do it, I'm just going to say Google it and you'll be amazed. I'm not going to go into how to do that because you can Google it for yourself. Yeah. We're going to work on ways to make more money. We're going we're mm-hmm. to up what you can mm-hmm. easily, easily step into. Yep. Yep. So, you know, I think to me one of the ways that you can make money urban farming is uh, particularly here in New York, um, uh, weed is becoming legal. It, it will eventually, for sure. Well, no, yeah. medical marijuana is legal. They're building a huge dispensary in downtown mm-hmm. Brooklyn right now as we speak. It's actually almost completed, and you will be able to get medical marijuana in New York City, particularly in Brooklyn. Yeah. Where else? But. Uh, well, no, there's one on 14th Street, too. Oh, there's going to be one on 14th yeah. as well. Yeah, I read that. Uh, it like just opened or something like that. Oh, it's open. Yeah. But I also read mm-hmm. for New York State right now, mm-hmm. uh, medical marijuana, you, it's only for uh, AIDS patients, cancer mm-hmm. patients, Parkinson's, and there were a couple other things. But it's right. nothing like in California no. where you can go and say your nose itches and it, they'll say, oh, you obviously need a prescription. Much stricter. Yeah. But you can... Uh, you know, it's all about preparation. Yeah. It's all about getting ready for the eventuality. Oh, yeah. Right? You need to be prepared to flood that market with your product so everyone knows who you are. Right? Uh, you know, if you start growing now, I mean, and it's somehow on the market, I don't know anything about that. That's illegal. 
I don't want to say that I'm telling you to do anything like that. <laughs> but, you know, <clears throat> you can grow in a hydroponic setup in a 8 by 8 by 11 foot tent, 78 plants. Each plant r- yielding approximately... I got it right here. Each plant yielding approximately one and a half to two ounces of marijuana. And year. and where would you put that in, like a living room? <clears throat> the the box? Yeah. Well, you know, in the same way that you can grow in building roofs. Okay. I'm sure you can grow in building basements. That's true. You can make an arrangement with an owner. Mm-hmm. You can rent a small warehouse. Yep. You don't need, you know, if you're going for the, but, you know, eight, eight by eight or nine by nine by, you know, eight or 11 foot area isn't that big. Yeah. You could grow it in your living room. That's true. You could do that. You could rent an apartment right next door to yours, your double studio apartments, and you can grow there. Right, and then you can yield a lot of pot. Yeah, I mean, as I understand it, not knowing from any personal experience, but from stuff I've heard, marijuana is going for about four hundred dollars an ounce right now. You know, and if you're doing it in Brooklyn, you give it fancy local artisanal marijuana name. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just picking anything off your hand, Williamsburg weed, Bushwick buzz. Anything <laughs> stupid like that, but you just throw a neighborhood in 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 uh in Brooklyn. Yeah, we've had this conversation yes, before, we have. right? Neighborhood in Brooklyn or wherever you're from, you know, wherever part of Detroit you're from, part of uh, Dubai you're from. Although I th- you may that may be punishable by some sort of death yeah. or serious imprisonment. So. Which, hey, as we said, if you want to <laughs> make the money, you got to take the <laughs> That's risk. Right. Sometimes you got to <laughs> take the risk. And so then I was thinking, like, well, okay, we know that people uh uh grow weed indoors all the time. Yeah. But what about other drugs? Okay. Right? What about coca leaves? Okay. Right? Could you hydroponically grow coca leaves? The answer to that is no. You cannot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just let you know right now. You can Google it if you want, but right. I did I did extensive research on this. You cannot. Okay. You cannot uh, uh, create the same environment indoors that you can in the mountains uh, particularly as far as barometric pressure and things of that nature. You just can't, and you can't get the yield that you need to create the amount of pace that you would need to create. And then I thought to myself, well, how about poppies? Okay. Right? And no, you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> you can grow them indoors, uh-huh. but again, the amount of poppies you would need to yield even just enough to get like one hit of opium. Yeah. And then, you know, heroin is like the distillation of that, right? So you'd need even more would take up, you know, a huge amount of space. And okay. that's for one hit of opium. All right. So I would stick with weed. Okay. If you're going <laughs> if you're going the drug route. I mean, you know, I don't think I don't think any of the chemical stuff is really urban farming. That's urban chemistry. Yeah. Right? And it smells really bad and it's very dangerous. Things will blow up. So that's my first one for you. Okay. All right. Um, so once again, Josh has <laughs> clearly <laughs> wrestled my mantle of moral ambiguity uh-huh. away from me, uh-huh. and uh, and I am now the upstanding uh, person, and he is a criminal. And this is why Josh, the Wizard of Wealth, uh-huh. 
will lose against my <laughs> my pro society get rich quick tips for urban farming. I don't know. Uh, so this is what led me into this line of thinking. Okay. Do you remember in New York about uh, a little over a year ago? I'll I'll just go into the story. Mm-hmm. So there was a woman on. Uh, Governor's Island, which if anyone's not from New York, Governor's Island's in part of New York City. It's an island uh, that's mostly a park. Used to be a military Coast Guard base, base or something. Okay, Coast Guard base. Um, and she was raising bees for honey there. Mm-hmm. And her honey and her bees all started turning red, bright red. Uh, so she had it checked out, and it's the type of dye that's in maraschino cherries. So... Uh, over in Brooklyn, in Red Hook, there was a maraschino cherry factory that was pumping out a billion maraschino cherries a year. That is a lot of maraschino cherries. I bet those cherries were not grown in Brooklyn. Oh, probably no, no, no. They're just being turned into uh-huh. maraschino cherries. Whatever you do, you soak them in, in sugar, and sugar and dye. And dye, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, um, the cops went and searched this guy's factory because they thought he was dumping uh, maraschino juice runoff or something into the water or somewhere into the sewers. Um, He wasn't, by the way. Uh, But what he was doing was in his basement of the factory was the largest (coughs) marijuana farm (laughs) ever found in New York City. Uh Uh, And... When when he realized they found it, he ran into the bathroom, locked the door, and shot himself. Oh my god! I know. So oh my god! So if there is going to be a war between urban farms, clearly uh, the law is on our side, uh, <laughs> and history is on is on the side of the uprighteous, uh-huh. uh, because the lowly honey farmer took down Mister Big Pot Pants. I believe a honey farmer would be known as a beekeeper. A beekeeper. Or an apiary manager. Yeah, something like that. Okay. All right. Mr. Potpants. Mr. Potpants. Mr. Potpants. <laughs> yeah. Took down Mr. Potpants. Well, so for those of you that are considering my suggestion, what I would recommend is uh, do not grow the same place that maraschino cherries are being made. That's a, that's a good tip. I think that's a good tip. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but that got me thinking, and and I, I was was looking around. I was like, "Well, there's no way to make money off that." Uh huh. But there has to be some other that you know something else here, right? It seemed like such a good story. So I started looking, and it turns out you can train bees to sniff out drugs or to sniff out explosives. So you can get some sweet, sweet Homeland Security money by making bomb-sniffing uh-huh. honeybees that you, in your apiary, uh-huh. your urban oasis apiary, uh-huh. uh, they'll, they'll go and they'll find explosives. If you want, they'll go find drugs. Do you have any idea how they train yeah, these bees? Yeah, I do. It's really easy. Uh-huh. It's really easy. So... uh. For bombs in particular, they take uh, small amounts of explosives or things, chemicals that are used to produce explosives, mm-hmm. 
if they just mix it with sugar water and have these bees feeding on this sugar water and like a highly concentrated sugar water. Uh-huh. So they think it's the best <clears throat> right. uh, sugar water out there. So then they can then, from that point on, they will smell it from miles away. Wow. Yep. And they'll go right there. Um, and if you want, you can follow the bee. You can put a radio transmitter on the bee. Mm-hmm. And so you can look on a computer screen where it goes. Uh-huh. Or if you want, you can put this bee in the back of a van. Uh-huh. And just drive around the city. And when the bee smells it, it'll like, it like sticks out its stickers or something like it's going to start feeding off a flower. Uh huh. And you can have a camera looking at this bee. And and when the bee does this, you know that you have hit jackpot. That's completely insane. Yeah. It's really easy to do. And as I said, big, fat, sweet Homeland Security dollars. You can get. I don't understand why the Homeland Security doesn't just have, like, at the airports, swarms of bees. Oh, they probably do. Zipping around the airport. They probably do. Okay. No, they probably have them in these boxes. Right, that have cameras on them. Yeah. Blowing them up. You're looking at your your smartphone. Yeah. And you're looking for his little antennae, his little sticker to get all... Erect, yeah, whatever it does for the bombs, yeah. So and that the drugs. That's one way where you can take your urban farm mm-hmm. and really work a whole other angle of getting some money there. You're mm-hmm. already getting grants to have the farm, right? The place that you're having is paying you to be there almost. Uh huh. You're charging schools to educate their kids. Right. People are getting married there, and <clears throat> now you've got sweet, sweet homeland security. Uh, DEA money pouring in. And on top of it, you're growing weed in the basement while you're getting all this <laughs> Homeland Security DEA money. You're throwing off the sun. <laughs> That's right. And you can also throw in the fact that you can make a, the amount of money that you make off of the product itself because you're selling it at such a high premium. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know, I think I feel like we've had this discussion before about how much honey grown in New York City costs. It costs a lot. It costs like... 15 to 20 dollars for the equivalent of like a little you know a little jar less than a pint well uh and a cup I, even. I can tell you part of the reason why which is is okay so a lot of people uh you know people like honey because it's delicious mm-hmm. but there's also people that eat honey because they think it's good for their allergies right and a honey that you're going to want to have for your allergies local and raw is local so it's the stuff around you you're mm-hmm. allergic to uh and where else is the market for that the new york city right. you know or mm-hmm. anywhere you are if you're in hong kong you want hong kong hong honey hong kong honey yeah um so yeah uh another way i found just to squeeze more money out <laughs> of your urban farm uh-huh um so uh, you know Old St. Patrick's Church over yeah. uh, in uh, Nolita? Mm-hmm. So I saw an article where they had hired out sheep mm-hmm. into the cemetery there mm-hmm. to uh, basically cut the grass by eating it. These same sheep were also uh, hired out to a big cemetery in Brooklyn. 
uh-huh. to cut the grass, uh-huh. uh huh, and apparently sometimes also do highway side mm-hmm. mowing the lawn. Mm-hmm. So if you've got yourself a couple sheep, <clears throat> they're good to eat, they're good for wool, mm-hmm. and you can make them landscapers. You can. You can basically feed them for free while getting paid to do so. I I, I mean that's good. I so the. This was a sort of a, a, a tack that I took. Okay. Right? I tend to sometimes think of like, well, there's sort of a glut of things, right? There, Despite the fact there are five really big uh, uh, rooftop farms in New York, there's lots of much smaller rooftop farms. Oh, yeah, A sure. lot of restaurants are doing their own rooftop yep. farm. There's, there's a lot of people. Right. A doing, lot of people are yeah. doing it. And, and I'm all for it. But... It, you're getting into kind of a crowded field. Yeah. And so I think to myself, well, what is, I see a lot. I see local honey. Okay. Right? I see rooftop farming. I see vegetables that are being grown, particularly lettuces. All right. But what aren't you seeing a lot of? And that is locally raised livestock. Okay. Yeah. And I thought to myself, well, what are the things that prevent you from raising livestock in this city, right? There's space is an issue, obviously, right? Big one. Um, But you can certainly do things like sheep. Mm -hmm. You can do things like goats even, although they probably need a little more runaround room. Chickens, for sure. There are chickens. Yeah, there are chickens all over. Yeah, the the Grange one uh, we talked about. They have chicken coops. They have chickens and and, uh, sell fresh eggs. Right. Um, But what are we missing, really? Bison. Cattle and dairy. (laughs) Okay. And I thought to myself, it seems to me that with all of this urban farming going on, someone uh-huh. must have thought about that. Well, yes, they have. Okay. So I went and I did a little search, and I found <laughs> that there are people breeding miniature cows. Really? Yes. And they give milk? They, they breed them for beef. Okay. They also breed them for dairy, depending, just like big cows. Sure. They're, but there are miniature Jersey cows that you can use strictly for dairy, um, and they're cute as shit. Could you have one as a pet? You could. I would like that. If you want. They get, the size-wise, the height, the average height of a miniature cow is between 36 and 42 inches. Uh-huh. That's basically three, three and a half feet tall. They can get a little heavy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, a, a a large bull will run about 600, 620 pounds. Uh-huh. You know, a female will be a little bit smaller, maybe 500 pounds. I don't think many people are keeping a bull in their apartment. Well, if you're if you're breeding, <laughs> okay. if you're breeding for cattle, you know you're you're keeping the bull. That's you got to have the bull. You can get the semen. We've discussed this before with various other sure uh, uh, type of things. But these cows, for like four or five of them, you don't need more than an acre of land. They are <laughs> they are meant to be. You know, many cows are bred now to, to sort of sort of. Uh, uh, be able to get more out of corn. Yeah. But these cows are actually full-on ruminants. They're meant to be grass-fed all the way. Good. Right? So you can use them for things like clearing the neighbor's yard. Yeah. And fertilizing. And fertilizing. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you can... Uh, and like I said, they're beef cows. Yeah. And she get sweet little chops, right? Which restaurants always want small little things, right? It saved, The amount of waste it saves them is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dairy cows... From the dairy cows, you're getting a gallon to a gallon and a half of milk a day. Oh, wow. 
from them, right? And pure health. You know exactly what's going in and literally coming out of these cows on a day-to-day basis. You're getting all this free fertilizer for your rooftop garden, right? And, you know, you don't need a lot. And you can sell it, again, all about the marketing, Brooklyn cows or Queens cows or whatever. Sure. There's a whole, we didn't go into this, but there's a whole other new sort of uh, thing called hobby farms, which is people in the suburbs who have these large back areas decide they want to make use of them, and they have these little mini farms going on, and they have like too many cows, some chickens, a couple sheep, goats. They have their garden, and they're becoming these sort of self-sustaining little hobby farms. And that's what these cows were originally bred for. And, of course, you can have them as pets if you want to because they're super cute. Yeah, I don't think you can toilet train a cow, though. (laughs) So what? They're (laughs) outside. They stay outside. All right. You know, or if you have, like, you know, your big Brooklyn loft. Yeah. You know, or, you know, uh, uh, uh. Whatever it may be, your a warehouse, a balcony, you can keep on. They, people do keep them tied up and just move them around from space to space as they need, you know, areas chewed down so they don't destroy a whole swath of area. I mean, they're cows; they don't do a lot of moving anyway. Yeah, you know, I even a small balcony is probably bigger than a regular cow pen, and they spend their whole life in that. Thing sure, sometimes in, I think, don't they? Yeah, I absolutely. In the uh, in the uh, in the uh, 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 factory farms, for sure, mm-hmm. they spend and they just get shoved back and forth from A to B. Yeah. Dairy cows, certainly. Yeah. In big factory dairy farms, they don't leave. They spend their entire lives just getting milked and standing there and feeding. Uh, you could have a guy walking down the street, bucket over his shoulder, mm-hmm. leading a cow, mm-hmm. going door to door. Miss, you want some milk? That's right. And he just like, okay, pop down a stool. Here you go. Teat to table. Teat to table. That's the marketing plan. Teat to table. Yeah. Absolutely. And in the process, he can be pulling your junk cart that you're selling shit out of. Junk for sale. Junk for sale. And it's like you're back in 1935. Uh, People would love that. They would. They would pay extra. Mm Mm-hmm. And they buy that junk, buy that milk. Just a thought. All right. I like it. Uh, So about this time, you know, we give you lots of ideas with our topic on how to make more money than you could feasibly spend in 12 lifetimes. But we also put in there just a little nugget of information of uh, how to make more money. So if you're on the toilet, at a bus stop, in an elevator, uh, waiting for your freshly squeezed milk, you might want (laughs) to take a listen to this, come back later, listen to the rest of the show, and learn how to make even more money. So brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn, we have our Get Rich Quick Tip of the Week. A Chinese entrepreneur has launched his own brand of panda tea. Anyan Shi, a former teacher, started growing tea leaves in the mountains near Chengdu last year. His secret ingredient, tons of dung from a local panda reserve used to fertilize the crop. Un claims it's organic, environmentally friendly, and it's good for you. The digestive and absorption abilities of the panda are not good. They keep eating and they keep producing feces. They're like a machine churning out organic fertilizer. The first crop of panda tea leaves were harvested last week. Now An's charging a premium price for his first batch, more than $3,100 for 500 grams. That comes out to about $200 a cup, making it the world's most expensive tea. So I know we don't normally 
have things that actually work within the idea of of what the topic is. Uh-huh. But this was so intriguing to me. Well, we're not farming pandas. <clears throat> Wait, you, I don't see why you can't get panda shit shipped over here. <laughs> Number one. I mean, and there are pandas in zoos all over this country. Yeah. The, the Washington Zoo's got all those pandas, those three or four pandas. That's a lot of poo for your urban farm. They could support the whole zoo. Exactly. Or, or hey, you know... As as we said, you know, some of our ideas aren't for everyone out there. Nope. But, but if you're that one listener, and you are that person, you can make a buttload of money. So if yep. you are a someone who works at the DC Zoo mm-hmm. or any zoo with a panda, mm-hmm. get that poop. Get that poop. Yeah. I mean, anything grown in panda poop, you can charge a premium for. It doesn't have to be tea. No. Right? Panda pot. Yeah. Panda poop pot. Panda poop lettuce. Panda poop beets. Yeah. Oh, that'll be good. The earthiness. The earthiness of it all. I would think, though, that you would be able to get more of a premium for any kind of more typically Asian food. Panda poop bok choy? Exactly what I was thinking. Uh Panda poop bok choy. Panda poop lemongrass? Yeah. Panda poop ginger? Yeah. Sure. I I could see that for sure. Ginseng? Ginseng, panda poop, Napa cabbage. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm down with all of those things. You can just have an entire panda poop farm uh-huh. where everything you grow is in panda poop. Okay. And you can sell it at such a premium. Because of? The panda poop. <laughs> I it's just wanted to get you to say panda poop again. <laughs> it is rare fertilizer. Yeah. Rare fertilizer. That's all I'm saying. You can even make your own panda poop fertilized mixes. I mean, we'd need more pandas, I would imagine. But it's a good reason. You know, I saw an article. Maybe it would encourage people to support the panda population. Well, this is the thing. I saw an article that was actually recently questioning this. uh, Since pandas don't seem to have any uh, sort of uh, evolutionary drive to survive. Yeah. Uh, There was an article questioning the amount of resources that are put into panda preservation. Right. Pandas are are adorable and cute. They don't really serve much of a purpose, even in the food chain, uh-huh. as it were, right? And they uh, have no evolutionary drive to survive. They will just die out. Yeah. They, they it's they it's very difficult for them to conceive and to to give birth. And often the babies die. Certainly in a in, in a, captivity in captivity, yeah. and they come out. They're like little worms, and and the whole thing. And this would be a reason. To keep them going. Yeah, their, I like it. Their poop as fertilizer. So another maybe livestock thing you can do is get some pandas. Yeah. You can keep them with the reindeer and the deer and the mini cows. You can have quite the menagerie going on. Yeah. Because pandas don't need a lot of space. They sleep a lot. As yeah, long as you keep yeah. feeding them bamboo. Yeah, you, you could get another bear, too, <laughs> and just kind of paint it like a panda. Ooh. And have, like counterfeit panda poo there is a miniature cow called a panda uh-huh that is black and white and has big black spot big big black circles around their eye that uh-huh. is a mini cow so you can officially call it panda poo yeah but it's a panda mini cow sure so you get a dong and call him name him panda a dong a dog oh a dog Josh. <laughs> What have you been Googling for this episode? I I don't know. I was like, what are you talking about, young man? So there you go. Uh, Panda poo food. Yeah. Panda poo fertilizer. Yeah. 
I would think you, there's also, I don't see why all that pooper scooped dog waste, uh-huh. I feel like should go straight to fertilizer use. Okay. At all the dog parks. And it just seems like we can use everything in this city that that the urban farms can take away so much waste uh-huh. off of these city streets and be used and put it to use in some way, shape, or form. Sure. Just yeah. a thought. No, I, li- I like it. I like it. Okay. Yeah, I'm all for uh, reusing dog poop on your food. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you put it like that, yeah. no. <laughs> it just doesn't seem quite as good an idea. <laughs> this is your little underhanded way of winning, isn't it? Not... You're, just, you're just trying to undermine my ideas just enough. I get your tactics, <laughs> young man. A seed of a <laughs> piece of doubt out there. That's right. A piece of a seed of a doubt. Yeah. What else you got there, young man? Uh, I have one other thing. All right. Uh, so like you said, it's getting to be a crowded field. It is. There's big urban farms. Mm-hmm. There's small urban farms. Mm-hmm. There's outdoor urban farms. Uh-huh. There's indoor urban uh-huh. farms. There are community gardens. Uh-huh. There are community farms. There are kids learning about farming in school. Uh-huh. There are people... Growing potatoes on top of their roofs of yep. their apartment building. Yep. There's people growing herbs in little boxes in their window. Everywhere. It is getting to be a crowded field. Crowded. It is all the rage. All the rage. So whenever there is a uh, a movement, uh-huh. that movement needs accoutrements. It does need accoutrement. So uh, you could have a whole line of urban farming products. Absolutely. Easiest, <clears throat> easiest to come up with mm-hmm. would be fashion, urban oh. fashion gear. So you have like hipster skinny leg overalls <laughs> and things of that ilk. Uh-huh. I think I may have actually seen those in Williamsburg recently, but mm-hmm. hit me. Hit me. Uh, you could have a fixed gear foldable tractor. <laughs> <laughs> it's pedal power tractor. Yeah. It's small plots. Why not? Small plots. Yeah. You're doing it on a roof. You can't bring a tiller up there. You're going to dig through the thing. Exactly. You got a little... And it's got to fold. You got to get it up and down the uh, the old school uh, service elevator with yeah. the hand crank on it. Yeah, sure do. Okay. That's excellent. Uh, and, you know, just lots of stuff like that. Any... Uh, you could have little mini pitchforks. You uh-huh. need stuff that store in an apartment uh-huh. without taking up too much room. Lots of folding stuff. Folding rakes. Folding. Folding. Everything folding. Folding rakes. Folding pitchforks, as you said. Yeah. Uh, folding, uh, uh, what are those? They're not trowels, but the, the, the shovels that they use in far, that farm. Yeah, little use. shovels. Yeah. Post, <laughs> post hole diggers yeah. for your roof. So, the, so for that kind of thing, uh-huh. the, uh, the, what you want to do is you basically want to take uh, camping gear because mm-hmm. they already have foldable, small, portable things. Right. But you want to redesign it so it looks like it was made by Apple. You know <laughs> what I mean? So <laughs> it's uh-huh. a, a, a little pitchfork I'll go back to right? that folds up. But instead of being like tinny and, you know, made of aluminum the right. way camping gear usually is uh-huh you it, it has a good feel right you know it's, it's got 
It's got some heft to it. It, it feels like hand candy <laughs> when you have it. Hand candy. Yeah. Yeah, it's got some heft to it. It's got a sheen to it that doesn't se- seem cheap. Yeah. It's got a metallic sheen to it that isn't tin. It's more like a precious metal. Yeah. Platinum. Things of that nature. What's the symbol going to be for the urban farming line? Oh. Um, <clears throat> got to talk marketing, my friend. Yeah, I guess we do. I mean, the obvious would be a tractor, but, you know, I feel like that's, you know, it's not urban enough. How about just like kind of a, a cityscape mm-hmm. with like a scarecrow on top of a building? Oh, there you go. I like that. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. There you go. You've marketed it. You've come up with urban farming swag, my yeah. friend. And, and if anyone takes any of my ideas, please take the skinny jean <laughs> hipster overalls. <laughs> because I want to see some idiot walking down the street in those. <laughs> that alone. They'll be folded up so there's about three or four inches from their uh, never really used work boots and their big, thick, uh, hardly used uh, woolen socks. Yeah. And, and it'll be perfect. And it'll yeah. be so tight. Or the bottom one could just be frayed like Huck Finn. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you can make you can make hipster like Gorin Brothers can make a line of farming hats. Yeah. Like straw hats that have a little fray on the edge. Yeah, and, and it's really only one step away from where a lot of fashion already is, which yeah. they've kind of taken the outdoorsman mm-hmm. uh aesthetic. Right. The lumberjack type mm-hmm. thing. It's just a hair's breadth away from farmer. Yeah. I agree with you. I'm with you 100%. You know, you've got, like, I don't, over by me, mm-hmm. there's a Carhartt store where everything in it is, like, fashion Carhartt. That's crazy. And it is, like, two, 300 bucks for a shirt. Expensive. Wow. It is, I walked in there one day, and I looked at something, and I was like, ah! And I <laughs> You were like, I just want to get a winter coat for, like, 75 bucks, yeah. like I used to be able to do at Carhartt. Not anymore. That's amazing. Yeah. Speaking of things that cost three, four hundred dollars. Okay. Maybe it might be time. Uh, so, you know, we've already told you ways to make money. We've given you another little tidbit on how to make even more money. This is just, by this time, you're probably sitting, drowning in money. Drowning in all your <laughs> urban farm and, money. And, and wondering, great, great, I have all this money, what do I do with it? Well, uh, if you want, you can take this as inspiration of how to spend your money or inspiration to get off your couch get out there go on a rooftop plant a farm get some sheep teach those sheep how to find explosives get (laughs) more money if you can teach a bee you can teach a sheep (laughs) uh so uh brought to you by radio free brooklyn once again uh we have our spend that money We all know insurance can protect a home from burglary, a car from theft, but did you know there's an increase in insurance protection for kidnappings? It's anyone that has a perception that they may have wealth, Uh, so business owners, people that own homes, people that drive a nice car. A million-dollar kidnapping policy costs about $2,500 a year. Sheila calls it affordable peace of mind for the extreme uncertain times. That's right, folks. When you're as rich as you need to be to spend that money and all the things we've suggested you spending money on, the perception of your wealth will be very high yeah. amongst a certain level of our community, our world that we live in. And those people may want to kidnap you. Yeah, they might. Kidnap your children, kidnap your, your family. And why go out of pocket for that when you can buy kidnapping insurance Obviously, twenty five hundred for a million dollars. That's for a year. That's pretty good. Pretty good. But if you're, you know, you're you, 
they're going to want more than a million dollars. That's right. The, the the new status symbol among the ultra rich <laughs> is how high your your uh, ransom is. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you want them to ask. I mean, if we're talking about the money that we like to think you guys are going to make off of some of these ideas, they got to be asking at least $15, $20 million yeah. to get you back or any of your family back. Because their perception of how wealthy you are is going to be high. It's going to be high because you're going to be throwing it in their face. That's you're going right. to be flashing it around. You're not going to be leaving that in a bank. You're not going to be walking around like an everyday man. That's you're going right. to burn your bridges. You're going to quit your job. <laughs> You're going to buy the company you used to work for and just smash it. Uh, smash it. <laughs> You're going to be very, very in your face with this money. That's right. Yeah. And uh, they're going to want to kidnap you. They, the kidnappers, the universal term for anyone that may want to kidnap you. Sure, they. They. Yeah. They're them. going to want to kidnap you, and they're going to want a lot of money for it, too. Sure. So kidnapping insurance, guys, that should actually be right at the top of the priority list. Before you buy all the junk and the toys and stuff like that, get in on the ground floor of that kidnapping thing. Because I would imagine, like most insurances, the more ostentatious your wealth is, the more obviously rich you are, Sure. the more likely that the underwriters are going to be like, oh, he's got more of a chance of being kidnapped. We're going to actually have to raise those premiums. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and and when you go in to the insurance office to uh-huh. buy it, you know, leave the gold shirt at home. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, limit the amount of Gucci you're wearing. Uh huh. Um, go in just to, keep the bankroll small. Yeah, you know. Uh, uh, and and I would suggest you know. Just don't be ostentatious is really what it comes down just to. Just for 10 minutes. You for can get through this one appointment. <laughs> That's right. That's all. That's all. You know, we, 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 we don't like people being obnoxious with their money. We just want you to get rich. Okay. That's all. That's all. You work hard for it. Yeah. Throw in their face. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Kidnappers insurance. That's right. All right. Um, urban farming. Though. Yeah. Urban farming, Josh. I have a new neighbor who wants to urban farm in our courtyard. Oh, wow. That'd be great. That'd be perfect. Um, We'll see because, uh, you know, she wants to urban farm, but it's just going to be for her kids. Oh. So there's no sharing. There may be some issues with her and her kids and the urban farming. Also because my little cattle... Yeah, my little single piece of cattle, no Herschel, Herschel underscore the underscore docs <laughs> at Instagram dot com. Um, he uh, uh, likes to run out and he likes to pee on things. Yeah, because it's a courtyard and that's what dogs do. Yeah, that's what cattle does. They yeah. poop and they pee. Well, charger, ooh, fertilizer. There you go. Yeah, paint him like a panda. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I should have her listen to this show. Yeah, and see what she uses from it. Yeah, and then start charging her for it. What do you think of that? Idea? I think it's good. Thanks. Yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, you know what I like to do? What do you like to do? I like to just go on to iTunes sometimes, uh-huh. <laughs> bring up Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel, rate and review us, mm-hmm. subscribe to us, even though I already was and I already have and yep. I already am. Yep. Uh, and I like to do that as often as humanly possible. Yeah. You can, if you just start up new, a new... Uh, 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 Something? <laughs> <laughs> Apple ID? Yeah. You can go in and rate and review every time you create a new Apple ID. I think you would need to put a credit card on that each time, too, That's though. fine. You can use the same credit card. It doesn't okay. matter. All right. You need to use the same credit card. You just need a different uh, email address. Oh. 
So that's all. And the, you can wh- rate and review us multiple times. Why, why aren't you doing this for us then, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> I know the review's up there, and there's not a thousand that sound like Josh in different names. Well, that's the problem. Okay. You and I both know that it's not. I want real people to yeah, go Yeah, we do want do real people. New people, real people. Uh, let's not forget, we're still running our, uh, our uh, Get Rich Quick first ever contest. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's so a, It's a... There are two different contests, uh, and it is, if you listen to the last episode, uh, we brought up the uh, Get Rich Quick portable urinal. Yeah, P-Jar. P-Jar. So the two different ones are, if you make your own Get Rich Quick P-Jar. Yeah, out of a pickle jar, out of... uh, Whatever jar. Whatever jar. And you take a photo of that jar and send it to us. With or without P. With or without P. You can tweet us. Although at, I think uh, if it's got P in it, you may have a leg up on the competition. You may. <laughs> you may be in there. <laughs> if uh, you're actually using it. Yeah. So you can tweet that at us at uh, GRQ Josh Noel. Um, you can uh, email us at GRQ with Josh and Noel at gmail.com. Or you can put it on our Facebook page at Facebook slash GRQ Josh Knoll. Um, so that's one. And in the winner of that will get a ton of Get Rich Quick stickers to decorate their P-Jar yeah. with to make it an official Get Rich Quick P-Jar. Once it's on there, it is official. Yep, yep. The other contest is send us your ideas for topics yeah. and or rules. Uh, and the best ones, the ones that, the ones that we decide, or the one that we particularly like the most and decide to use on air, yeah, will receive a custom-made Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel P-Jar. Yeah, and so uh, if you haven't listened to last week, you might, after this, want to go back and listen to it. But I'll tell you right now, why is a P-Jar so important? Because you're so busy spending money, counting money, coming up with suggestions, That's right. coming up with rules for <sighs> us to judge our schemes by that's right that you don't have time to go to the bathroom you nope. have to sit there and pee what are you gonna do you're not gonna pee your pants yeah exactly diapers are for old people and babies yeah you need a receptacle yeah and what better receptacle than a jar that's right and and i think if we get enough people behind this movement because uh, <laughs> it is a movement it Josh, is a movement uh, soon it will be seen as a status symbol. It will be a look at that guy. He's a mover and a shaker. Mm-hmm. He's got a pickle jar full of pee <laughs> uh, in I, his hand as he's walking down the street. That's right. A, BJ's, overalls. a BJ's Costco gallon mustard jar yeah. full of pee. Yeah. You know, I can see it eventually becoming a spend that money item because someone is eventually, due to the popularity of it, Going to jewel encrust one. That's right. So, so ground floor guys, ground floor, and 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 you can have just some jerko jar of pee, or you can have an official get rich quick right. Josh Noel <laughs> jar of pee with one of our stickers on it, uh-huh. or many of our stickers on it. You can you can cover the whole thing with That's stickers right. so that you can't even see the pee. <laughs> Although then people won't know how hard you've been working and how much money you've been counting. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. So. There you go, guys. Those are the contests. That's our contact info. Yeah. Um, and we're getting to that point now, Noel. Yeah, we are. Where we got to see if our ideas, our schemes, our money-making ideas stack up to the wealth of the Internet. So every week, brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn, 
we scour the internet for get rich quick i rules 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 not ideas uh and we judge our schemes against them so this week josh where do our rules hail from our rules hail hail from a slightly different perspective okay this comes from the article five rules to grow rich from women's day magazine okay we generally most of these rules are coming from male titans of industry yeah but it's a new world out there alpha male websites yeah but I thought, why not see what a woman's perspective is? I like it. So here we go. Okay. Rule number one, live smarter. Yeah. That seems on every level Yeah. that urban farming is living at, at, smarter. At every level, yeah. Every level. Realistically, comedically, uh, uh, socially. Okay. You're just living smarter. You, you really are. You really are. Um. Rule two, make your money grow. <laughs> we're farming that shit. Yeah, we sure are. That's <laughs> we're making we're, that grow. Literally. We are fertilizing our money with panda poo. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. So, boom, check. Two for two. Uh, rule three, protect your main asset. Yeah. What is your main asset? Your main asset are your bees. <laughs> and if they turn red, take the pot farmer down. <laughs> <laughs> Take that pot farmer down. Number four, avoid toxic debt. Oh, yeah. If you're having a farm, you want to avoid toxic everything. And and you're not yeah. going to have debt because there's so many grants. There's three big farms. There's five big grants in, in New York State. It's an endless amount of money just pouring into your pockets because you decided to be a farmer. That's right. In a city. And rule number five, be patient. I'm going to give this to us because while we talk about getting rich quick, you will get rich quickly. Yes, you will. But you have to be patient and let the vegetables grow. Yeah, they grow at their Everything own pace, Everything takes guys. a little time, but you will get money right away. Oh, yeah, that grant check grants. comes yeah. in one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It so. doesn't have to come and trickle in month by month. So we're five for five. We are. Uh, I think for sure you're getting rich with urban farming. This is undoubtable. Don't listen to any of those naysayers. Any of those urban farmers who say that they're not getting rich, they're just lying to you because they don't want you taking any of their cheddar away from them. Exactly. Lettuce. Their little hippie facade has been blown. Blown. (laughs) Rich as pigs. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, for uh, Josh Rubin and Noldenine, and uh, thanks for listening once again to Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel. As always, Herschel underscore the underscore Doxador <laughs> on Instagram. We got it in twice because I missed it last week. Yeah. Uh, Don't spend all that money in one place. All that knowledge in one place. <laughs>